Welcome to the Weed Smart Regional Update with me, Jessica Strauss, the Weed Smart Communications Lead. This is a new podcast in these crazy times as in-person events can no longer go ahead. So each Monday we'll have an expert from a different cropping region to provide a regional weeds-focused update. Let's get into it. Today on the Regional Update, we're catching up with Geraldton-based consultant Chris Pinkney. Chris is a Director of Agrarian Management and his area got pretty hard hit recently by ex-tropical cyclone Manga colliding with a cold front which saw winds rip through the region, blowing away valuable topsoil from farmland in the process. So we're going to find out about those seasonal conditions and get some tips on keeping on top of weeds specific to this region as well. So Chris does join me. How are you going, Chris? Good, I guess. How are you? I'm good. Now, firstly, just tell us a bit about yourself, what your role is and, and the region you're from. Okay, Jess, I'm a, an agronomist and consultant based here in Geraldton, so that's the sort of northern grain growing area of WA. I've been here for nearly 20 years now. I think uh, this is my 20th year here, so uh, I've learned a little bit about how we try and do things up this neck of the woods. I grew up in South Australia, started working in Victoria and pretty soon saw the light and uh, shifted over to WA, <laughs> initially for an eight-month period, but I'm still here. Yeah, great. So as we mentioned in that introduction, you've received some pretty intense weather in your region recently. Can you just talk us through what impact those weather events had on farmland in the region? Very severe. I'll rephrase that. In some areas, we saw some extremely damaging wind erosion from a really consistent northeasterly wind that started early in the morning and didn't really ease off until we saw the low pressure system from that ex-tropical cyclone cross the coast and move inland a little bit quite late in the day. So, so many areas actually saw sustained periods of 70, 80, 90 kilometre an hour winds for upwards of six to seven hours. And our soil types here really, many of them just can't cope with that. They can cope with some wind. We certainly factor that into our equation because we have got very, very fragile soil types. But but wind of that strength and, and persistence really knocked it around a little bit. Yeah, no, that's awful to hear. So uh, in terms of getting on top of the issues that that caused, what can growers sort of do? Because obviously some I, I did hear that some people had to reseed. How widespread were those kind of issues? The damage was quite patchy and limited largely to areas where adequate cover wasn't maintained. So if there was livestock in the system, that certainly increased levels of damage. And we do do a lot of, of soil amelioration over here to, to overcome either subsoil acidity or some non-wetting sand plains. So they're fairly good at breaking down any degree of cover and any degree of soil structure. So those soils were particularly exposed and in addition to that, we didn't have a very good year last year, so we saw some pretty weak stubbles carried over from 2019. So, so particularly break crops, lupins and canola stubbles, they were, they were quite exposed. So, so in terms of the effects that we had, we saw some substantial movement of topsoil. Any control that growers had in respect to seed placement, depth of seeding, placement and interactions with their pre-emergent herbicides, loss of nutrition, they all come into play, unfortunately. And yes, we have had to go back and, and are continuously reassessing in regards to a need for reseeding, whether or not it's necessary to, to gain some soil cover or some ground cover to prevent further erosion events, or whether or not we need to do it on an economic basis, just simply because we don't have the, the, the establishment to grow a crop. And unfortunately, whilst that weather event was back in late May, we are still reseeding. There are some people that are uh, uh, where it's just a continuous exercise at the moment where it's, we thought we had 
we thought we'd cleaned up the area, but uh, we're always finding little bits that we need to go in and, and, and patch out again, which is going to make life interesting as we move through the season. Yeah, that's not good to hear. So, Chris, we'll get into the details around some broad information on weed control in a moment, but for those farmers affected by those soil erosion events, what do they need to be considering specifically in terms of weed control and getting on top of weeds which might pop up? First thing they've got to be aware of that they're now dealing with potentially a compromised crop, certainly in terms of establishment numbers and densities. So competition's a key a key component of our, our weed control strategy over here. And if we're now dealing with crops, broadleaf crops or break crops like lupins and canola in particular, if we're dealing with particularly low numbers and patchiness, you know that where a crop doesn't grow, weeds do. So mm. so growers are going to have to contend with that this year. Our pre-emergent herbicides are not necessarily where we put them this year, so their activity is going to be slightly compromised. Um, and and I think growers just need to be aware that because they don't have those few little additional helping hands through competition and nice crop density and things like that, that we're really going to have to be onto it in respects to application technologies and just making sure that we get the best bang for our buck out of any herbicide that is applied. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so Chris, is there anything we've missed out there more broadly in terms of weed control that growers need to be considering at the moment? Look, at the moment, I think we're fairly fortunate in this neck of the woods. We've got a very educated group of growers. We're facing particularly challenging seasonal conditions over the last few years, and so people have learned that they need to work within that framework to be able to really attack weeds from every front and whenever they get that opportunity. So I think there just needs to be an awareness from this point onwards that, that some of those opportunities have been taken away from us. For those people that have that have experienced the wind erosion events, yes, they've got some fairly unique challenges, but for everybody else, it's just a matter of making sure that they continue on rotating their herbicides You know, as we get through the season. Topping where it becomes applicable certainly gets done. Those guys with good establishment and crops that have proceeded after the wind events, they're going to have some pretty competitive crops because they've got to realise now that we've got crops coming up almost in an ideal time of the season. We have had a number of rainfall events since that late May period and the region's looking quite good where we didn't experience those wind events. So we're going to have some competitive crops. I think the focus is making sure now that we maximise our bang for buck, as I said previously, in respect to the herbicide that we apply. I think there might be one or two challenges in respect to availability of some products for post-emergent. Now that's going to be a, a, a result of the, of, of the crazy 2020 that we've experienced today. Yeah. And I believe that you're probably going to be speaking about that elsewhere. However, it's something that growers need to be aware of. And this year in particular, if there was ever a time that you had to be very organised with your planned spray program, this is the year you need to be. Yeah, so people obviously need to be really careful around if they're going to be using 2,4-D, just really careful with the timing and that kind of thing. Do you have any further points that you wanted to share on in that regard, just to, for crop safety and that kind of thing, Chris? Oh, well, look, I think, Jess, we're going to see some challenges associated with timing, particularly where we've got some crop which is now at three to four leaf and then we've got other areas of the paddock or, or parts of that crop which are now at one or two leaf. So it's just going to be a matter of making sure that we're putting on the, on the, the right herbicide at the right time. So really focusing on, on that safety. And did you have any, any other pointers you wanted to share with listeners before we wrap it up? 
oh, look, I think I'd probably like to take this opportunity to wish everybody the best of luck. I mean, we're off to a start. We haven't had a start for a little while. It wasn't the ideal start, but um, the East Coast has had rain. We've had a little bit of rain, so here's to a good season. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us on the Regional Update. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, Jess.